You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. Speaking of Dr. History, ladies and gentlemen, it seems like almost a month since I've had a chance to visit with him. Good morning, Dr. History. Good morning, Zed. How you doing? Not bad. Hey, listen, before we go any further, I have a gift that you gave to me, and it's, uh, are you watching us on the computer right now? If you, if you nope, have a, I'm not. Well, you should be, because I'm holding it in my hand. It is absolutely one of the most unique pen sets I've ever had, and I understand that you are the one that built this. Is that right? Yes, I, uh, I've made pen and pencil sets, uh, turn them on a lathe, and I found this hardware uh, that you're looking at that looks like a bolt-action rifle yes. and a rifle shell, and I just thought, that's, that, goes, that fits you just perfectly. Well, I want to tell you how much I haven't had a chance to thank you personally, but uh, thank you, and it's right here on my desk and will remain there forever as long as I'm on this program. So, Dr. History, thank you. You're a dear friend, and I, I very much uh, treasure that gift. Thank you. Well, good. I, I, I enjoy doing that, and, and I, I thought you would enjoy that so thanks well i'll tell you what uh, this man is so talented when you open up the book and you find out about kit carson he rode the hills with kit carson when you look up the story of annie oakley he loaded the rifle for annie oakley and when you find out about the naked mountain men well i'm never mind we're not going to go there uh good morning what we're going to talk about today I do have a story about Annie Oakley that uh, uh, that I'll have to tell you one of these days that's, that has, that does have to do with me. But uh, we'll, if we have enough time, we'll hit it. Today. Are you going to tell me that your she was known as Little Miss Sure Shot? Are you going right. to tell me that you're Little Mister Sure Shot? Okay, well, you brought it ahead, so here we go. All right. You know, I had a BB gun when I was a young boy. Uh huh. And when Annie Oakley came on in the beginning, uh, she would stand on her horse, riding at a gallop, and shoot the target. Yeah. Right? Okay, well, uh, I had cocked my BB gun, which is a cardinal rule to not do in the house. Uh-oh. And I had forgotten that I had done that. And Annie Oakley came on, and I aimed my BB gun, pulled the trigger, and much to my dismay, I shot right square in the middle of the TV with my BB gun. Now, how long was it before you were discharged from the hospital? <laughs> Let me put it this way. For the next two years, everybody that we watched TV on had a little dimple in their forehead. <laughs> we couldn't, Dad couldn't go buy a new TV, and, and, and I definitely got Dad's attention. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if your parents were like mine, but a faux pas such as that would have created a, a certain aura to my personality to where I might not have been able to sit down for about three weeks. <laughs> like I said, that's, uh, I got my dad's <laughs> All right, buddy, what are we going to talk about? Thank you. So here we go. Treasure Island. Okay. We're going to talk about 
uh, a real treasure island, okay? This is a paradise for treasure hunters. Okay. And this is what describes Texas's Mustang and Padre Islands. Hmm. Now, have you ever been down there, Zeb? I have not. I have not. Just off of Corpus Christi, Texas. Right. I've never been there, Andy. But the two islands, Mustang and Padre Islands, they were actually once separated uh, with a passage large enough for sailing ships to go through there. But over the years, it's been permanently joined together, so the passage is closed with sands and because of hundreds of hurricanes and tides. And so in reality, Mustang and Padre are really just one island uh, with very little, if any, water going through them. Mm-hmm. So it reaches from a port called uh, Aransas at the northernmost tip uh, to Port Isabel near the Mexican border. Okay. So it kind of runs north and south. Mm-hmm. It's 132 miles long. And from a half mile to three miles wide, about 350 square miles, but it's filled with treasure, uh, sunken ships, buried treasure. They claim a lost city, loose coins washed ashore from wrecks, uh, archaeological artifacts, uh, military relics, uh, and at least one complete Spanish galleon lies buried there somewhere. Yeah, but the same thing is held over at Murtaugh Lake. When I sunk my boat, I lost 75 cents out of my swimming trunks, so that's kind of buried treasure over there, too, isn't it? That is, and if you want to go looking for it. <laughs> uh, anyway, they, they figure there's you know well over $2 million worth of uh, uh, stuff that's been lost in coins. Now, mm-hmm. Treasure history on Padre Island begins about 1553. There was a Spanish convoy that sailed from Veracruz with bulging cargoes of silver bars, gold bars, coins, jewels, uh, precious stones. Uh, The Spaniards, though, they weren't really familiar with the wildly uh, destructive hurricanes that that hit that Gulf area from June through November. Mm -hmm. They had 20 ships that were caught without warning in one of these uh, hurricanes. Well, three of the ships were sunk immediately. Uh, Four of them managed to sail to safety uh, out of the path of the hurricane, and 13 were actually swept across the Gulf and wrecked on this bar off Padre Island. And at least one and possibly three were swept right up onto the sands of the island by the, the huge waves. You know, I've never seen a hurricane, but I, I'm sure that it, it has to be horrific. Absolutely. So, anyway, these have been uh, since completely covered with the drifting dunes and the sand. And, uh, but the wrecked ships on the bar explain the rare coins that are still being found in these sands. Hmm. Now, the article I'm reading this out of is actually about 50 years old. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at this point, there may not be much to find. But the author of this, uh, this was written in 1963. So. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, this is the first of many treasures, uh, these 20... Uh, ships that went over there um, but there's other tales of it accumulated some are facts some are traceable to their beginning others are harder to trace but uh, with tangible threads woven through the history of the island uh, and you can hear a lot of the stories of rumored pirate treasure both buried and lost in these uh, in these rat wrecked ships now there was a pirate by the name of Jean Lafitte and he was a pirate uh, off of Texas and Louisiana coast mm-hmm. And he made Galveston Island his headquarters until he was forced out by the United States Navy in 1821. Mm-hmm. Now, at one point, he dismissed all of his men, but a chosen few. And he was supposed to have taken his treasure and sailed to the vicinity of uh, near Corpus Christi. He had three chests of gold that had been reportedly buried in different places along this Padre and Mustang Island. I see. 
Now, uh, this uh, pirate, Jean Lafitte, actually, a few weeks ago, I talked about Jim Bowie. Yeah. Jim and his brother Rezin actually went to work for this pirate, Jean Lafitte, and they were in uh, the slave trade uh, business for a while with this uh, with this pirate. Isn't it the same as basically joining the Obama cabinet today? <laughs> Let's continue on here. <laughs> Another famous treasure. <laughs> you keep trying to lead me in there, don't you? <laughs> okay. Another famous treasure was about $80,000 buried by a guy named John V. Singer. Now, he was shipwrecked on Padre Island in 1847, and Singer was a brother to the singer who invented the sewing machine. Really? So, yeah. So, you know, this uh, desolate island appeared to be, you know, a pretty good place for these singers to remain for a while until soldiers moved on to Padre Island during the war between the states. Well, they took off, they fled, but before they left, they buried all their savings halfway between two scrub oak trees. Mm-hmm. So there was bars of silver, a big earthen crock filled with gold and silver coins, uh, table silver, a silver teapot full of jewelry. I mean, all kinds of, you know, had to be worth a lot of money. Well, so that was in 1847. In 1869, Singer returned for it, but uh, wouldn't you know it, it was never found. The two scrub trees, oaks, were gone. Uh-oh. Uh, washed out or covered with sand or whatever. I mean, you thought they'd be a little more careful in just, you know, trying to figure out a way to come back to it. But, and so they, that supposedly is still there. And as late as 1935, descendants of the Singer family state that the treasure is still out there. So, so you mean to tell me... The legends persist through the years. There's uh, supposedly two brass cannons that are filled with gold and buried. Oh, my. <clears throat> the U.S. Army Paymaster's Payroll, which was gold placed in leather sacks and buried, some of which has been found. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's supposedly two skeletons lying across one another, uh, seen one time and covered with sand the next, but uh, supposedly bearing, uh, guarding some uh, pirate gold. There's boxes and chests of gold found and talked of in whispers behind closed doors. Uh, and there's reports of local residents who were known to roam the beaches of Padre looking for something, and overnight became very wealthy. Really? So, you know, American, Spanish, English, and even some ancient Roman gold pieces have been found uh, along the beaches there, along the along the island there. Holy cow! And uh, what what are we doing sitting up here on the radio when we could be down there making our history of uh, wealth? Yeah, well, I'm going to tell you why we're probably not down there in a minute here. But, okay. Uh, anyway, beginning on Mustang Island, about four miles below uh, Port uh, Aransas. Uh, you can actually drive there by car or on foot. There's a place called Money Hill. And I guess years and years ago, the coins were supposedly so thick that you could, after a storm, that you could literally just pick them up uh, just very easily. Mm. So along the beach. And then the next area is a place called Devil's Elbow. Uh, and that tends to draw wreckage from all over the Gulf of Mexico. And so it deposited a bunch of stuff uh, right along a 10-mile stretch of beach there. And then there's another spot uh, along the southern tip of the island with supposedly hundreds of wrecks recorded in that area and well over, you know, millions of dollars lost. And, in fact, in 1933, the wife of a highway engineer accidentally uncovered a gold chest filled with gold, silver, diamonds, rubies, jewelry, all that stuff. Oh, my. 
So uh, finding treasure on the island in your first attempt, according to this author, he says it's kind of like trying to separate a grain of salt from a bowl of sugar. Mm. And any degree of success would be pretty much accidental. But because there's miles and miles, like I said, this goes 130 miles. Oh, my goodness. As far as you can see. And the picture I'm looking at, it looks really, really desolate. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, I understand now they've actually got hotels and stuff on part of this uh, southern uh, Padre Island area. But, uh, you know, there's hundreds and hundreds of acres of sand and it's covered with uh, all sorts of grass, weeds. And the reason I'm not going there, rattlesnakes. Uh Uh-oh. So... Uh, yeah, I, I'm not going there. Well, no. But, uh, when you think about the coastlines, and, and I don't want to divert from what you're talking about here, but when you think about the coastlines, whether it's Florida on the east and the west coast, or whether it's up the Atlantic coast, or down in the Gulf of Mexico, the Texas coast, etc., man, oh man, all the old conquistador ships and everything else that had all the Spanish uh, loot and everything, I mean, a lot of that's never been found, has it? Right, exactly. In fact, if you go to Key West, if anybody goes to Key West, they have a couple of museums there that are really fascinating. Um, In the old days, in Key West, uh, they would spot a ship that was in a bad storm that would be about ready to sink, and uh, the people at Key West would just wait, and basically it was whoever got there first could salvage, had rights to the salvage of that ship. So there were these... uh, I'm supposing kind of like a longboat-type boat that they would start rowing out to this ship that was, you know, uh, washing up onto the reef or whatever, and they would start uh, taking bales of cotton, uh, anything that was on board that ship, because was, that was fair game. Wow. And so that, that's why Key West, uh, they looked forward to having ships wash up on, on shore uh, or wrecked, and I think saving the people was secondary, mm. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, so they actually made their living on Key West and some of those islands uh, by uh, taking in the stuff they could get off these ships. Holy cow, all we found over in Spain was a toilet seat cover. <laughs> you must not have been in the right place. I guess not. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, on this island, there's evidently there's some high spots where Indians used to camp, and there's a lot of artifacts uh, because these Indians would occasionally find coins, and they'd take them back to their campsite, and they would just use them as a plaything or something, and you know, not realizing that they were actually uh, worth something. Mm. And the military actually had troops out on the islands there uh, during the Mexican War. So, uh, but a, a bushel basket of gold coins was rumored to be found. It was buried below two cross swords that they found sticking out of the sand. Uh, and this author actually has been down there quite a few times. Uh, I'm sure he's probably dead now. It's been over 50 years. But um, he located Indian camps, like say, and But the problem, too, is the water level is only about three feet below the surface. Uh-oh. So that kind of interferes with metal detectors. So uh, the advice he gives, again, this is 50 years ago. If you're going to go down there and look, some suggestions you should t- says take a good metal detector and, you know, at this point, they're a lot better than they were 50 years ago. And he said, prepare to do a lot of walking, uh, and it gets pretty hot, so take suntan lotion, and it's probably a good idea to take a, a good snake bite kit. <laughs> no, thank you. 
like I say, I'm I'm with you on the snakes. Now, let me ask you a question. If you find anything, now uh, I'm sure that state laws vary, but if you find something that is of uh, an old Spanish uh, uh, bullion or uh, some kind of currency or whatever, are you obligated to turn it in, or can you keep it for a remuneration to yourself? You know, that's been a battle that's gone on ever since, uh, I can't remember the guy, uh, uh, the treasure hunter guy. He's got a museum there on Key West. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I can't remember his name right offhand. But they found, you know, buried uh, treasure underneath the ocean, and there was ongoing battle as to who it belonged to and how much they could keep. Yeah. But, you know, as we've talked before about buried treasure, sometimes it's never heard of again because people find it, and they do not report it. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, if it belongs to Wells Fargo or someplace, some, one of those, they're going to be coming after you to, to get their money. Yeah, but now, like, if you're up, uh, let's say that you're up hiking in the hills, okay? And you find something, whether it's an old uh, pistol or an old rifle, the remnants of an old rifle, or maybe even some old currency, uh, silver currency, gold currency, whatever. Uh, you found it. Now, you're obligated to turn it in. You can't fence it for your own money, can you? You know what? I I don't know what the laws are, and and it may be different from state to state. But I, for some reason, I just have an idea that the government would be right there on your doorstep mm-hmm. uh, if if you uh, said that you'd found something or other. So, in other words, uh, if you find it uh, and you stumble over it, rather than just leave it lay, I'm not about to just leave it lay. I guess maybe somebody's going to criticize me for this, but I'm going to keep my mouth shut and maybe put it up on my fireplace or something. Well, you can look at arrowheads, okay? For example, from what I understand now, if you find an arrowhead, you're supposed to leave it there. Uh Uh-huh. So... Uh, so, um, yes, uh, you know, yeah. we're going to be a little evasive here on this conversation, aren't we? <laughs> we're not going to commit to anything, right? <laughs> but you know, <laughs> well, when you and I hit the Padre Island and we both retire. Uh, to the Bahamas, you know. Can you imagine? Here's two old guys. Here's Dr. History going to the east, and here comes the old guy on the crutches uh, with a metal detector strapped onto one of his crutches, and we're going to meet in the middle with all the rattlesnakes and try to find our fortune. Yeah, I'll be on a four-wheeler. Yeah, come to think of it, with with uh, mud flaps that go all the way around it so the snakes can't get you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There's snakes. I'm not going to be there. But when you think about all the traffic that used to go around uh, the Gulf of Mexico and then around the tip of Mexico and then up to the coast of San Francisco, etc. In the old days, look at all the ships that went down that were bearing all the cargo that really today, if it were found, why, my goodness, look at the wealth that that would be for historical, uh, you know, like museums and everything else. Holy smokes. Well, and, uh, you know, Sir Francis Drake was the second guy to sail around the world, and part of what he did was uh, pirate uh, other ships, like from Spain and Mm -hmm. Portugal, and Mm -hmm. so he actually... uh, probably sunk quite a few uh, ships in the course before he took the gold and one thing or another. In fact, uh, he actually used, uh, he got so much treasure that he tossed over some of his uh, ballast because he had gold and silver and one thing or another that made up the ballast on his ship. No kidding. And that was 
what, four or five hundred years ago. Holy smokes. Well, so, yeah, there's, it would be fascinating to find things like that and, and to know the history behind it. We ought to start our own uh, Doctor History Treasure Hunt Club. <laughs> and like I said, if we both disappear in the sunny south, they'd know we found something. Yeah, but who's, you know, if they ever found us, they sure wouldn't consider that a treasure, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> hey, listen, that was interesting because, you know, it just, it, it's marvel to me that when you see some of these, like over on the coast of Florida, all the old ships and everything that's going down, it's amazing to me that more people haven't got uh, scuba diving uh, groups together and tried to salvage some of that stuff. Yeah. This uh, this guy that I can't remember his name that has the museum in Key West, um, they found piles and piles of gold uh, coins, and they're more valuable if they're not scratched. Yeah. And so he figured out a way to use some type of a silicone that he covered the, these piles of coins with and then brought them up huh. so that they could be gently washed and preserved. I see. And millions and millions of dollars worth on on a, at least one treasure that a treasure ship that he found and I, I I can't remember the name of that treasure ship either. Do you realize that 500 years from now somebody is going to be excavating over here at Murtaugh and they're going to find this pen and desk set that you gave me with my name on it and it's going to be worth like 9 million dollars. <laughs> We can only hope. <laughs> hey, Doc, I got to run, but God bless you. It's so good to talk to you again. It's been a long time. Yeah, glad to have you back, Zeb. All right, buddy. And you sound better than you did yesterday, by the way. Well, I've been drinking a lot of Deanne's special tea. And uh, this I'm tea. I'm not Well, I'm on the air. I got to be good. But uh, this tea is having a good effect on me <laughs> in more okay. ways than one. <laughs> Talk to you later. I appreciate it. You have a good day, Zeb. All right, thank you.